0: Everybody, I'm Roxy, and I'm Priska, and we are the two horny
1: girls.
0: Ah. We're just two horny girls climbing the mountain of life, eating Asian-American stereotypes for breakfast. <laughs> Speaking of breakfast, I know I've been talking to Preska about this all morning, but I just tried this, like, palmini noodles, you know, because I wanted to be, like, really healthy. Wait, how do you make that? I don't know. Well, you could buy it in a packet at Trader Joe's, but you know, like, have you ever had zoodles?
2: Yes. Do you like zoodles? Um, I like them for a second, and I feel like if you're really going paleo, like, yeah, I mean, I totally understand the value of it, but, you know, if I, if I really, if I could have my <laughs> way, I just want noodles. Yeah, I mean, like,
0: I gotta be honest, it's like, I don't really feel like they're noodles at all, cause they're no. like crunchy and, uh, yeah. It's just eating zucchini with tomato sauce.
2: Yeah. And it's cheese. just something like your mouth has to get you to, used to. It's not a real starch, you know, yeah. it's not a real side.
0: Anyways, I'm like flabbergasted because I just made myself three servings of <laughs> palmini noodles and there was a lot. And then yeah. I buffed it up with some pancetta and cherry tomatoes and cheese. Yeah. And it was delicious. I ate all of it and yeah. somehow I am fucking hungrier oh, now.
1: Shit.
0: Than I was before. And I'm just feeling a little bit crazy because now Uh all I want is a burger.
2: (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know. I hate when I eat, like, healthy, healthy food. And, like, you're starving within an hour. Yeah. um, Because it fills up your stomach. And then it just makes you starving. And you just have to, like, get uh, your body used to that, you know? Yes. Yes. Because it's, like, craving all those, like, typical, like, carbohydrates that we give it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I just want my new identity to be Roxy is a health, like Roxy makes healthy choices. Yeah. And I like woke up with that intention this morning. But now I'm just like,
2: hmm. (laughs) You know, like we said last episode, it's a continuation, right? Like we're just incrementally getting better every single day. And I feel like uh, I've done that thing where it's like new year, new me. Let me change my diet. And then, you know, the first week you do that, there's something called like, what is it? Like, it's called, like, the the diet flu, where, like, your body goes into kind of, like, withdrawals, and I've had it, so, like, you actually feel sick, kind of. What? Like, not actually sick, sick, but you feel, like, body achy, you feel a little bit under the weather, you feel, like, low energy, and then after you kind of get used to that, uh, then your body kicks into a different mode. You know what I mean? But... I feel like that's why it's good to just like take things like e- with ease and drink a lot of water mm, mm, and just take mm, your time with it, mm, you know?
0: Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Priska. Yeah. I just wanted to share that with you because my stomach being hungry is like <laughs> at the forefront of my mind and I am just got to be like, shut up. Yeah. I just fed you literally 30 minutes ago. Yes.
2: <laughs> like, I know. I know. I know. But I'm wild. here. Just look at me. Just look at me. <laughs> me to you. I, you to me. You, me to you.
0: You You are the most gorgeous thing I've seen all fucking week. I've been looking forward to talking <laughs> Talking about this topic, you know, um, yeah. I know that we've been sort of building up to it. But Priska, update the peeps. Yeah. Where have you been?
2: So I actually just got back from about 10 days of constant travel. Oh, my God. Um, I know. I'm like, I, I feel like in my 20s, if I would travel this long, I wouldn't care. Yeah. But now I, like, got home, just, like, dropped my suitcase and, <laughs> like, became catatonic for, like, seven hours, you know? Um, but I went to Austin and visited my best friend, Sonia, which was amazing. Uh, Shout out to Sonia Bell. We love her. Love her. And she just got married. So this is the first time I'm seeing her since she's been married uh, and saw her new house and, you know, all the things and yeah. did a lot of fun things in Austin. Ate Amazing. a lot of
0: food. Oh, my God. You know, yes. I travel to
2: eat. You know what I'm saying? I live yeah. to eat. I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I rented a car and drove down to Houston where my mm. lovely little husband is. Oh, um, uh, Abe, baby. no. So Abe is like... Like engineering, um, you know, he's mixing kind of our podcast from Houston and <laughs> he, he has just had the craziest week. Cambodian rock band just opened, uh, last Wednesday. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the show again. I can only imagine what it's like for them because for me, it was always, uh, it was already kind of like Groundhog Day, Truman Show, yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. it just felt like, a repeat of such a specific time in our lives. Yeah. Um, And they're living that every fucking day. You know what I'm
0: saying? No, they have Groundhog Day.
2: Uh, Yeah, literally Groundhog Day. But
0: also it's like Cambodian rock band, like, It stopped right when the pandemic happened. So it's sort of like attached to a certain traumatic event.
2: (laughs) Totally. And it's so full circle and everyone's grown up. And in that way, the show has grown up, which is really Uh cool. But, you know, the week. Well, okay, I only found this out because Abe is in theater. This isn't just like general knowledge, but it's like. The, the week before opening is the most insane week of all time because you have tech and yeah. you have previews running. Mm-hmm. Um, so some days you would have rehearsal tech all day and then a, a run at night. And then when the show opens, um, they just finished, you know, a weekend of doing all doubles. So they went <gasps> from tech to previews to opening, partying. And then you still had a full weekend of doubles. No. Yeah. So shout out to the uh, fucking casting crew of Cambodian rock band and the staff of Alley Theater. Because they are just, like, working so fucking hard to bring this, like, beautiful show together. And Mm -hmm. Goatee is like, okay, like, shameless pluggy plug. Uh If Cambodian rock band is coming to a city near you please take the time to go see it one you're supporting asian american artists and artisans and um you it's just a show that is so important about contextualizing both the asian american experience and the trauma that we've uh, experienced during diaspora and genocide as asian americans so um please go check it out it is really beautiful it is really funny and abe fucking rocks the fuck out of it so
0: two questions Yes. How much longer is it going to be playing in Houston? And can we expect an L.A. run?
2: Everything's like kind of up in the air about future. Right. But what I can say is there should be an L.A. run at the top of 2024. <gasps> So I know. So it should be like Jan Feb of 2024, if all goes according to plan. Uh, but it's going to be in the Alley Theater. When y'all are hearing this, um, they're going to be in, in Houston another week. And then um, it goes straight up to Berkeley. And then it's going to go to D.C. So we got our little East Coast friendly friends. Mm-hmm. And then going back to the West Coast to Seattle later in the fall. And then be- and down to L.A. Oh, my God. This year. sounds
0: so exciting. And also, let's Super be real. Cool. Like, I was looking at stories archive stories from like a year or two years ago. And I'm (gasps) like, I felt like that was just yesterday. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as I'm getting older, time just goes by faster. And you know, in the past, you would say, like, January 2024 is, like, far from now. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's, like, tomorrow. It's, so. like, around the corner. I know. It's around the corner.
2: We're already at the end of January. I can't <laughs> even believe it. Like, we're a 12th way through 2023. I don't understand time. I don't, I don't but I want to ask you, Rox, because last yes. week, you told our goatees that you are becoming Professor Roxy. <sighs> she, exactly. How's that been going?
0: Tell us all the things. Okay, so I do a three hour lecture, <laughs> and (laughs) My very first class, I was, oh my God, because you know me, I think you and I are very similar in this way. It's like, we we want to do a really good job. So we like really commit, you know, our first time. And so I just made sure that I went into my first class super hard. And then at the two hour mark, I was like, are we done? (laughs) This is why all of our professors showed us movies. (laughs) Uh, that's right and I was like you know it's a producing class so I'm I'm like uh, you know I don't want to show like a full movie I'm going to focus on short form so I'm like
1: uh, I'm
0: "I'm exhausted and it was like 9pm and I'm like this is past my bedtime and then like because I I teach an evening class and then I was the one who chose that time slot you know and now I think I'm a fucking idiot because (laughs) like after I get out of class it it takes me another like hour to get back after Cleaning up and yes. walking out of campus and like driving back, and then by the time I'm all settled, it's like midnight, and it's just like completely destroyed my circadian routine that I've yeah, been developing totally. the last couple of years. And it is self inflicted, you yeah, sure, um, you know. Um, but I gotta tell you, Prisca, yeah, I'm a fucking great teacher. Hey! <laughs>
2: okay I feel like the goatees already know this because you're such a great teacher and storyteller on the pod so I feel like your students are fucking lucky but tell me about it what strengths did you see what did you notice oh man I just feel like these
0: um master's students are like in their early 20s but I think I still see them as college students you know because I think because I've never went to you know you and I never went to grad school so I just can't really differentiate the different like yeah. vibe between well, and eyes. sadly yeah.
2: we're 10 years older than them oh yeah no so I'm to fucking us children I'm still
0: on 12 years 13 years older <laughs> than these kids and I call them kids you know and yeah. here's the thing is that like and, and this probably pertains to our topic today but we'll Mm. you know I'm very strict and I'm yeah. kind of really harsh and Ooh. you know I, I come on like being myself and one of the students literally he raised his hands and he was just like excuse me um, professor he's like But are all producers as outgoing and crazy as you? (laughs) You're like, if
2: you're lucky, they are. (laughs) I just
0: I just did my witch last. I just went. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, yeah.
2: No, because it's a treat for them to have you. Is how I feel. I, I hope so. You know,
0: I, I definitely I, I feel like I'm giving a lot right now, and yeah. um, I just, you know, it's this thing where it's like there's another part of me that is opening up, sure. through this, and it's my love of filmmaking. Like, you know, again, it's like directing and going after jobs and developing stuff in this very uncertain uh, climate, streaming climate right now is, yeah. um, you know, it, it lets... I mean, we talked about it last week, but it's just very uncertain. And finally, I feel like I have a space. Well, we'll see because it's only like my third week of of teaching. But it's yeah. like, <laughs> um, so far, it's been nice to to remind myself and see these... Kids with like their eyes full of hope and wonder about yeah. what their futures will be and how ambitious some of them are mm. and remembering that that used to be us.
2: Sure. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I feel like being in such close proximity to that kind of hope and optimism keeps you young. Yes. I feel like because even my old neighbor, John Schumann, he, you know, was a linguist professor for linguistics professor for a really long time. And I feel like that kept him so young Yeah, because he was always like, oh, there's this like hopefulness. There's this like opportunity for the next generation. Right, like right, there's right, so right. many possibilities. And like, you know what I mean? I feel like that kind of being in close proximity to that energy keeps you young if, if you have the right perspective on it.
0: And also, I think like. Because a lot of them are Asian and Chinese, um. you know, it's like um, culturally, you know, I had a student that went up because I'm teaching them how to pitch. Yeah. And um, I'm like, everyone, you have to stand up in class and like pitch your project. Right. Yeah. And why, what does it mean to you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you find a personal connection? And, and he just said, oh, I, I don't know. Like, there's nothing special about me. And no. that hearing that, like. Because, you know, they're immigrants and right. culturally it's different. And I, I feel like it reminds me of like a time that I was like that where mm-hmm. I couldn't, I was not sure of my confidence or my voice and not really having an authentic answer for why I cared. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, definitely. And I'm trying to
0: shift that now. You know, I'm trying yeah. to teach them stuff outside of just You know, the technicalities or the logistics or like the nuts and bolts of things, but also being like, don't say that, you know, like Mm -hmm. you have something to give and hopefully having two horny goats sort of like mentality also being influenced on them so they could really find that self-confidence earlier on.
2: Yeah. And it's like, I feel like that's a lot of what we're talking about today in a way. It's like there was a time we were like that when we were younger, we were Mm -hmm. so hard on ourselves. We, we would see people older than us deeper into their careers. And we couldn't imagine, um, we couldn't imagine occupying that space, you know? Right. And now we're in our mid thirties. We're kind of on the other side of that steep kind of growth phase of our life and looking back and giving back, it becomes so important. And it's not, it's like one thing to tell them, Hey, don't talk to yourself that way, but it's a completely different thing to be like, let's let's find the source of this and like kind of like go from there, because that's the only way we can really um, find real change and excise whatever like cancer is there, you know, and just cut the branches we need to cut and and find the the growth points we need to kind of be feeding into.
0: Right. That being said, I'm like super excited to dive Uh, in to this topic, Priska, because I feel like you and I have such. The reason why I feel so close to you like in my life is because there are things about me that you understand that I don't think anybody else could. And it has a lot to do with this self-talk that we had growing yeah. up, this hypercritical sort of environment that we were in, whether it's placed on us or that we placed on ourselves, you know?
2: Yeah. So, Rox, can can you tell the goatees like why we chose this topic today? Um, Because I feel like this was something that's been on our minds a lot, but this is something like you kind of really brought to the fore. So can you tell us what we're going over today? It's so interesting because I think that
0: we think of these topics together, you know, cause, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cause there's so much, I, I feel like we're telepathic at times and <laughs> mind <I> just, meld, <laughs> mind meld all the time. <laughs> and it's, it's just wild because, um, I think when we were growing up, you and I sort of have this shared thing where it's like, we were people pleasers. We yeah. always thought about like what happened to us, how people thought of us, you know, yeah. like et cetera, et cetera. And, um, I just remembered like not wanting to feel that way anymore and also you helping with that as well, like Mm. being more gentle and um, finding out that our environment only started to shift when it wasn't from the outside in, but rather the inside out.
2: Yeah, that's so true. And it's like I feel like a lot of people might see us now and think, oh, like Prisca, Roxy, they're so confident. Mm -hmm. They're so sure of themselves. But Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is like. I feel like we're constantly battling these storms within us as well, true, you know, but we've really been working on it, and we're able to get to a point where we're at least like finding some sort of balance point, yeah, so that things are a little bit less chaotic. But I feel like what we want to talk about today is the struggle to get here and the yeah. struggles ahead of us, you know,
0: totally. And it's like, um, I, I mean, I know that we'll probably bring this up too, but it's like sort of the double-edged sword of awareness Mm. you know what I'm saying it's like now that you're more aware of yourself it's like you're more aware of everything else and that comes at a cost as well but um going back to the very beginning you know like early early on when this first started for all of us as human beings is how did you talk to yourself growing up in
2: childhood that's a good question I feel like when I was a kid I was actually really confident, you know, I was, uh, I was like pretty confident and I liked myself and I. You know, I was like the oldest daughter. So I had a lot of adults in my life telling me that I was amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. grandma, grandpa, another set of grandmas, like, you know, and then my parents and everyone was just like, wow, I took a first step and they're like, amazing, you know, I learned to do easy math and they're like, amazing. (laughs) Um, And then you kind of get dropped off into school and you're like, right? Aren't I amazing? And everyone's, better than you at things and like figuring stuff out at different paces and you kind of get like that cold water in your face of like oh shit um i am entering the reality that i am mediocre in many ways you know oh. so i feel like that's when things started to shift um of like the internal voice kind of shifting to becoming a little more negative how about you like what what was that like when you were like a kid kid
0: that's true because you're the only oldest mm-hmm. and I'm the only so yeah. it's like we obviously we're sort of like our parents pride and joy when yes. we first came out you know yeah. and and obviously yeah. like I am the family yeah, the jewel baby. yeah and I've always been very theatrical like I would sing <laughs> Whitney Houston songs I would do cartwheels I would every time my friend my, my family has friends come over back when we were in the yeah. Netherlands yeah. I always had to wear an outfit and like sing <laughs> Whitney Houston and pretend that I'm Whitney Houston so like it was changed nothing <laughs> change it's always been I've always been very theatrical and you know uh, being an only Listeners child shocked by that yeah I mean <laughs> no one is shocked by that um and now you know it was just crazy because it's like I gotten so much attention as a kid I was super cute yeah. you know and yeah. I mean it's still super cute but you know what I mean yeah and then like you're right it's like that assimilation for me it's like moving you know going to American school in the Netherlands than going to you know grade school in New Jersey and your individuality gets compromised because us as social beings we have a huge desire to feel included and to feel accepted right so even if you feel like you're for example if I was as egoic as I was and maybe I'm still egoic who the fuck knows but like I liked showing off you know like that was part of my makeup and I thought if I showed off too much, no one would like me. so
2: <laughs> like did you, you notice know. people having a negative reaction to you at times? Is that where that came oh, from? or yes, okay what how also- do people react? Not so much in
0: elementary school. I think in elementary school, we are all like stupid and we all ate like yeah. erasers and stuff. So it's
1: like, <laughs> it's like I always had
0: I always had really fond memories of like grade school or maybe I yeah. just forgot all the traumatic times. Right. But I remembered when I first moved to California and, you know, I started breakdancing in yeah. middle school and I, I wanted to make friends. Um, and, uh, you know, it was like the whole exposure to like really cool Korean people and yeah. and it was at a middle school dance and I started like freestyling and yeah. like, and like this girl came up to me and she was just like, you're not even that great. Like, why do you do that? Like, oh you, my goodness. You do, like yeah. Yeah. And then she made me feel really shitty about it. She's like, you're not a good dancer. Like stop dancing what yeah and then i just (laughs) yeah i mean she she was a mean girl she had like her clique of like you know really cool friends and later you know i think i mentioned to her in the previous episode but mimi she came up and she said you know we're not thinking about being friends with janet anymore because we don't like the way that she's talks about other people which sort of goes along with this topic right yeah and um and i remember that like crushed me so much like I just wanted to be ASB president. I just wanted to feel accepted. I was like, look, I lost all this time that all these other people were able to make friends with each other. I got to make up for it by being super fucking cool. Right,
2: right, right. So if
0: I'm not good enough, then the meanest things that I can say are the things that I say to myself.
2: Yeah, yeah. So were you trying to like, were you so hurt by that that you were like, oh, no one is going to be able to hurt me. I'm going to hurt myself more than they can hurt me. (sighs) yeah like Um, I'm gonna catch myself before they like you know what I'm saying yes oh yes
0: yes 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 yes, I feel like
2: that is that's how my humor started I feel mm. like that's how my self-deprecating humor started. And it was very popular on TV. Like Adam Brody played yeah. Seth Cohen. Like, you know, there's all these characters that are really self-deprecating. And that really spoke to me because it's like, I'm going to make myself the butt of the joke before you can. I'm going to criticize myself in my head before you can. So that when you do it, it's not going to hurt me. But the thing that I'm hearing when you're saying that is that she robbed you of your freedom of self-expression. Yeah, I, I think...
0: um you know, just being kids and like learning how to socialize and understanding what it's like to be in a social group. We are social beings that desire acceptance above all else. Yeah. And um, I think that's why it's like in our adult life, we're trying to be kinder to our younger selves, because if we're not if we're being excluded, the language in which we speak to ourselves, the thing that makes the most logical sense is why are you weird and what's wrong with you?
2: Yeah. And I, you know, I think part of developing that inner voice is to keep ourselves in check. And it, it, it is to help us, like, understand where we are yeah. in the world. So as kids, mm-hmm. like, it kind of makes sense that right around adolescence is where this voice really starts to rear its head. But totally. what did, I feel like, when did that voice, when did your inner voice, um, when do you remember it taking maybe more of a negative tone? Um,
0: so. As we become teenagers, our bodies are changing and our hormones are changing mm-hmm. and also our relationships with our parents are changing because yes. that's when we start to question, really question the world and question their values versus ours. And you're trying to develop your own voice and your own place in the world, right? I wasn't, sure. I'm not sure if this happened for you when you were in teens, but like for me, it mm-hmm. was incredibly isolating. Like mm-hmm. I just thought I have always felt like an outsider. And I'm not sure if that's because I was displaced so many times growing yeah. up and that I don't have any siblings. Right. So it was just, I didn't really have a safety net um, mm-hmm. of people my age. And because I, my best friends were just always changing because I was always moving. And I, yeah. you know, um, and so it made me sort of this social chameleon. And, but I never yeah it was it was um it just followed me all the way through college, and uh, you knew me in college, it was just like I was fucking involved in everything, <laughs> like I joined a meditation club, yeah. I was dancing, I was like you know taking twenty units a quarter doing double majors in two different schools, like it was just a lot
2: crazy and so all those are the external things so take us inside roxy's mind during this time what did the inner voice sound like that kind of pushed you into this frenetic kind of like uh schedule and energy and and needing to be kind of involved in a lot of things like what did what did the voice sound like
0: you know i felt like i crammed my day with so much shit that I was completely disconnected to my feelings and who I was. Like, it was just complete. It was just like, you cancel out all the noise. I didn't even know that there's such thing as an inner voice. Like, I didn't even know you could be friends with yourself. Like, I didn't know any of that. All I knew I was see. that I had to somehow float through this existence, somehow be successful. I don't know what that meant, you know, and yeah. somehow get validation and be accepted by people.
2: Got it. So kind of in your adolescent years, you almost weren't very in tune with this inner voice. So it wasn't no. that it was critical yet. It was just you didn't even lend time to I didn't to it. even.
0: I just existed. You know, I wow. was a mirror, Priscilla. I was a I always thought of myself as a mirror to other people. I will show them yeah. what they want to see. And but- and it's it's just crazy how i really try to think about that voice and aside from my mother's like oh you're too fat you know (laughs) or like whatever or like trying to get better grades like me i was just what do you want to do okay let's do that oh you want to do molly and do ecstasy yeah "Yeah, let's do that you know like i'm cool like i'm a mirror to people but like priscilla did you have a voice did you hear a voice i i I think this is so
2: interesting because like in a way like i think there's so many ways in which we're so similar, but I, I was very introverted and very like, um, I was very, I lived very much so in my head growing up. Mm -hmm. And so I think that my inner voice was like mostly positive until maybe I was about nine. Mm -hmm. And then when I skipped a grade and experienced kind of like not only that, um, that social dynamic we were talking about, but actual bullying and having people kind of, um, wheeled psychological warfare on me girl style in junior yeah. high yeah. uh which is fucking vicious you know yeah. um it it really made me question everything I was doing like you said I think I was just so soft and so sensitive and so squishy as a person and I just like <laughs> honestly was so genuine and like like loving like I yeah. just loved people and I thought yeah. they were so great yeah. um that instead of being like upset at them like if they were making fun of me, if they were giving me shit, if they were like, you know, whatever, excluding me from things, I just thought, oh, I must be doing something wrong. How can I be better so that they won't do this to me anymore? Because it's my fault. So that's when that inner voice started being like, uh um, oh, you wore pants that were too long for you. You're stupid. And that's why they don't like you. And like, oh, like you dropped all your books because you're like clumsy and like they don't like you because of that. Like, so you need to get better at it. So I feel like this is where that kind of genesis of this very negative, you know, a lot of people that know me, they they get irritated because I apologize for a lot of things. But I think it started during this period of my life where I felt like I couldn't get anything right. Um, And then in addition to that, I think, Like hitting adolescence and then, like you said, our relationships with our parents, namely our mothers for us, changed very drastically where I went from being a kid to being like my mom's church apprentice, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. Um, like there was a certain way she wanted me to behave, a certain way she wanted me to conduct myself, um, a Uh, a depth of religion she wanted me to seek out and and I was policed in so many ways and so I went even further deeper into my mind because that was the only place I had any like privacy at the time Mm -hmm. if that makes sense because I was policed emotionally if I if I responded too big if I responded too little all these things my mom would like mark and like criticize me for, you know, I think I've said before, I'd, I'd come home from like church on a Friday night and my mom would sit me down and spend like two, three hours just crit- critiquing me on things I said, things I did that day, um, being upset at different things, lecturing me on like how I could be better. And then that all while that's happening, I'm, I'm dealing with bullying at school. Um, and, and so my inner critic just started to scream. It was just loud. You so know?
0: like in the moments before you go to bed every night, like mm-hmm. Tell me what's running through your head.
2: Oh, uh, just stupid, stupid, stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. That thing you did, stupid. That was stupid. Oh, like stupid, stupid, stupid. It was just constant. Like stupid, 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 <laughs> stupid, stupid. Like unending like that was your fault you could have been better how could you have done that better they'll they're never gonna like you um yeah. what can you do to 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 make them like you are you too stupid to figure that out like right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: right it's crazy because like also being asian-american it's like and being the, you know the the kids of immigrants like yeah we have such this pressure like even if it's unspoken to really take what our parents left behind and to succeed you know to be yeah. even better because that was a whole point right yeah so it's like if you're not like assimilating well or if you're not being acceptable or if you're just like not doing things right even yeah. if it's not being outwardly said your mind creates all these questions and then For you sure. just start reflecting it back to yourself like oh my god are you like a total failure you yes. know yeah T- totally
2: and like it's it's a constant refrain that comes and comes and comes and you're right. I think it just has to do with like if you're not feeling accepted by your cohort, by your community, um, you know, you're you're going to have this misalignment and and yes. and yes. depending on your personality, I think you can get really upset at at yourself. Um, I feel like some people are fine with it, you know, but I yeah. think like the way we were was like we were very upset with ourselves for not aligning.
0: We carried <laughs> you know? the world on our shoulders out of our own like yeah. when, like it wasn't yeah. even explicitly stated by our parents every day but it's just like we ended up carrying it ourselves and like on the contrary like on the flip side of that it's like when something good did happen like mm-hmm. for example when I did get ASB president you know or when yeah. I did you know make it into color or whatever I made varsity mm-hmm. those moments of like actually getting what you wanted yeah. the moment I get there I felt undeserving
2: Interesting. Interesting. So what would your inner voice say to you in those moments? Like you're an imposter. Mm. Wait
0: until a certain amount of time before people find out that you're a fraud. So it's like it's interesting thinking about this because no matter what I did, no matter what I did to prove to myself, the Mm -hmm. inner critic would be so harsh. Yeah. Like it's not good enough. It's not good enough either way.
2: Right. And as you're saying this, I'm realizing too, some yeah. of my inner critic is also coming from the religious kind of mm. um, sermons I'm getting. Cause uh, in that same way where it's like pride comes before the fall or like, you know, uh, you know, it, it, like being prideful, being arrogant, being, uh, uh, you know, kind of too egotistical, uh, it's kind of like this narrative that Jesus is gonna like, uh, I don't know, cut you down to size if if you're too big for your britches type of thing. And so I think that that voice in my head of like you're an imposter, it yeah. was kind of like slightly adjusted to the religious context, but a right. very similar role in my life where it was like, all right, if you – oh, you're too – um you know, you're, you're a little too like proud of yourself. You're a little too like happy with yourself. Just wait. Cause Jesus is going to punish you or like you get something and you know, like say you get ASB president and then you trip on the sidewalk and you're like, Oh, I think that's Jesus reminding me not to be prideful. You know <laughs> well, what just I'm a saying? question. It's like yeah.
0: when people compliment you on your singing or your performances, like was it easy for you to accept compliments or did you f- find it very hard to think people were being genuine with Mm. Flattery
2: I really wanted compliments. I fished for compliments. Like I was like a professional fly fisher. Um, I would sit around like throwing Mm. that reel around, you know, back and forth, (laughs) like fishing, you know. Um, And you were in the room. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, I think I didn't know how to process compliments and then it Mm. would make me nervous and then I would fuck up and then I would hate myself. So I got stuck in that kind of um, cycle. Yeah, because Uh, I'm
0: like, we're trying to be We were trying to be humble, right? Like, whether it's from your religious background, whether it's my parents being, like, be more humble, you know? Like, no one likes, like, a a show-off. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And so it was, like, funny because we we wanted this validation so badly. So badly. And, like, the moment that it's given to us, I can't believe it. Like, I I literally just have this major imposter syndrome. Like, you know, my mom always said, maybe this, of course, like, she meant... To make me better you know like tiger parenting we understand the nuances of that and she's like they don't really mean that they're just trying to be nice your mom does say
2: shit like that yeah Yeah, I think our moms both cast that doubt on us because they want us to be humble or aware to them they're like I want to make my daughters aware Um, we are hyper aware at this point we've gone way too fucking far but like can you imagine (laughs) if they didn't open that door maybe we we would really believe people and then we could have become shittier who knows right (laughs) but like okay so it sounds like so you were saying like High school, college, or at least early college, you're not really paying attention or really hearing and relying on this voice. Um, but you have very audibly the the voices of your mother, the voices of your peers um mm-hmm. that you take and you internalize. So mm-hmm. by the time this inner voice kind of really started to uh be prominent in your life, what did it sound like?
0: I guess I guess the first time I, I, the first, okay, when I didn't hear a voice, every voice that I heard was an amalgamation of like my peers and my mom, you know, yeah. like, okay. but I didn't know if it was coming from me. And I feel like I operated this even throughout the rest of my 20s. Hmm.
1: Ex- like, e-
2: elaborate on that.
0: Like, I was just doing things based of what I thought the collective society wanted me to behave Mm. And went after what I thought society and my family and my peers wanted me to go after. So being a mm. really fun party girl. Yeah. You know, going which to festivals, were. which I was. Mm. And then like working really hard after this filmmaking dream, doing whatever it took, you know, being with this, being in a relationship with a very sweet guy that probably really wasn't for me for so many years. Aww. Right. Like, um, and so it was just like, all of these choices that I made were driven by what I thought other people expected and wanted of me. And wow. I have to be honest, I didn't really get to peel away the layers of the onion until I lived by myself. Um, in my thirties. Yeah. And I, yeah, my thirties pretty much, I mean, started living alone at 28, but I don't think things really started to bud until I turned 30.
2: Yeah. Interesting. That's so fascinating because I know in the second half, we're going to really talk about how aging has changed the tone and the timbre of Mm -hmm. our inner voices. Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting because I had an inner voice that was so prominent and so loud and so deafening that it helped. It held me back from a lot of things because I had so much fear and anxiety versus you. You were held back because you Had an inner voice, but it was too muted underneath all these other voices that you gave way to. Yes, Um, and so it's it's interesting we're coming at it from such opposite perspectives. We really didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I was just like, oh my god, that's crazy. Like in your voice, Adam. Like you, like did you know that that was you?
2: Yeah. Oh my god, because I would talk to myself a lot because I didn't have friends, Um, and I didn't I didn't know how to socialize, and I didn't know I was really like. I think, I mean, even looking back, I'm not like, oh, other people just didn't get along with me. I didn't know how to socialize. I didn't have uh, the tools that I needed to be people. so crazy
0: yeah. because like I had too many voices that, yeah, that I, I had no inner identity.
2: That's so fascinating. So so inside was just kind of a amorphous yes. kind of blob I was, I of was different just, things.
0: I was just flubber
2: a, a protein milkshake, <laughs> if you will.
0: <laughs> I I had no substance. That's <laughs> fascinating. I had no substance. I was literally a mirrored cube. Like you would put me, I would spin in every direction and I'd just right. be a mirror depending on who I'm facing. But I also didn't realize how unhappy I was, you know? Hmm. Like, you sort of tune it out and um, it's it's just wild because your inner voice was so hard on you and mine was just so non-existent, yeah. you know? Yeah. That I didn't even understand what my feelings were, what my emotions were, what my true opinions and intuition and, you know, gut right. feeling was. And, the, like, I just I, to, I want to know how this inner voice has has influenced your environment when you were growing up, yeah. And like for me, it's like I just felt like I just felt like I had to act. I just felt like I had to convince people through my so life. So just
2: constantly keep the plate spinning. Yes. Okay.
0: It's like wait till like hopefully no one finds out that I'm a fraud. You know, like it's
2: wow, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and so like. Let's find let like hopefully no one finds out I'm a fraud, but if worst case scenario they did, what did that look like in your head?
0: Oh, this is going to sound so terrible. This is going to sound so terrible. Um so I I uh in my younger years, it was easy for me to start over. Okay. And so I just thought if it didn't work out, I'll just start over somewhere else. <laughs>
2: Oh, like you were going to go full Gone Girl. Yeah,
0: I'm like re, I, like basically it's what I did when I moved from like New Jersey to California. On the plane yeah. ride I was like, I'm going to be called Roxy now.
2: Oh, because, instead of Roxanne.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I just said and I'm going to be a really cool person. People are going to like me. I set that intention and it went a little bit too far. So it's like, I Got guess you. that was a really terrible pattern where I was just like constantly running away from myself. Right. You know, but like as for you, it's like how did that shift the way you saw people and the environment you were in? I that think voice?
1: it
2: made me really insecure. Like I was so insecure. Um, and I mean, I guess that's like a chicken or the egg thing. But I think that my inner voice definitely fueled my insecurity. Um was fueled by my insecurity, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think then, I think when I got a little older, it even pushed me to develop habits like shit talking people. Oh. Because I, you know, I assumed that people were shit talking me and judging me because that's what my inner voice was always telling me, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was I making was making those
0: assumptions,
2: right? Exactly. In those holes. Mm. It's like, well, people are so cruel to me. So then. I just you know what I mean I made all these assumptions right. so then I I became more cruel to people um and then I changed from this very like pure like loving like you know just like I just remember like my inner voice when I was a kid was like wow god's beautiful creation if I saw like a, <laughs> like someone walking by I was like yeah. wow incredible <laughs> the work that the <laughs> handiwork of the father you know what I, like that was my inner voice as a child oh, and so then precious. later on like after you know all the things we talked about like i started assuming like well they if like they probably think i'm stupid and dumb so uh well they're not that smart anyway type oh, of attitude mm. so that's what a negative inner voice does is it it kind of detaches us from reality and detaches us from the fact that like there are human beings around us you know what i mean yeah and it kind of implants the idea that um, that maybe, uh, were kind of a victim or, you know what I mean? Or no, like other people so are looking at us, a, at us a certain way. Yeah. So true. Like I,
0: I felt like everyone was competition.
2: Interesting. So, you know? so how would that, um, uh, how would your behavior exhibit that like, you know, idea? Oh
0: God. I think like now looking back, I, I felt like it's survival mode like all the fucking time. Like, yeah. for example, if I really like somebody, immediately in my head, I'm going to be like, well, if this person comes along they like them, well, that, you know, like I hate that person, you know, like, oh, jealousy, you, jealousy. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what is that word? I was like, I don't really experience jealousy anymore. But, that's because, <laughs> you know, I choose to love people. And I never yeah. understood like people have said this phrase throughout time they're like you know what you don't like about others what you don't like about yourself and yeah you don't think about that very deeply when you're younger you're just like well i'm better than them at this so i don't i can't see how that's not an obvious thing right yeah. like you yeah. just want to make you, yourself feel better and it's also reflected in sort of like the attitudes of you know my extended family you know, sometimes my mom and like you know or like my family or you know the way that they would be more critical of each other and there was just like They 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 basically shrouded as like, oh, it's love, and I just want you to be better. Like, but if you're always critical of everything, and I just heard this one quote, I think a day or two ago, and um, you know, you and I are both artists, Mm. and we've been critical of things. You know, we've definitely had our share of like, you know, putting forth our opinions and you know judgment, and then this person was just like. How can you be an artist and a critic at the same time? Mm. And that just really shook me because everyone has their own way of expressing themselves. And if I want to express myself in a way, right, Mm -hmm. that I hope people can receive Mm -hmm. with the best intentions, then shouldn't I also provide that space for others? So,
1: yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. You know, because filmmaking, it's like we could we, obviously it's like um, we talk about our opinions about movies and all, but it all sort of has a different audience. Right. And I'm never going to not be critical of it. I mean, that's just me yeah. trying to work on myself. But I just thought that's interesting food for thought whenever we immediately get triggered by an emotion where we feel more insecure and whether it's actually constructive or not
2: no I think that's exactly it it's like where's this critique coming from is it coming mm. from a point of merit is it coming from a point of construction a point totally. of theory or is it just coming from t- it just doing mean a takedown and yeah. yeah exactly like because, uh, because you're insecure or because you've been afraid to strike out on your own you know um, but yeah I think this topic is super fascinating I think after a quick break we're going to come back with topic two where we'll cover like how we've rerouted these critical inner voices and I think Roxy's going to go into just how you discover to listen to your inner voice. So we'll BRB Uh, (laughs) y'alls.
0: I'm not hungry anymore. Hey, Goatees. How y'all doing? This is just a kind, friendly reminder to please leave us a review. I mean, there's so many podcasts nowadays, so we just don't want to get lost, you know? So, if you love us, wherever you are, please give us a like, or a follow, or a review. You could also write us sonnets on the reviews. You know, there is no maximum limit. You could just keep writing and write more, you know? We're not gonna hate on that. It's the best way to help us grow, and we will truly, truly appreciate it. We love you so much stay horny talking about sex is such a taboo thing and it creates more oppression yeah and it oppresses women it oppresses men
2: hi goatees thanks for tuning in last season we did an episode all about virginity If you haven't heard it yet, we think it's well worth a listen. We have slightly different experiences. For sure. Because you're coming from a place where your friends are like, yeah, we fucked under the bleachers. Right. You haven't? Yes. I literally would study Cosmo magazines (laughs) and read them end to end and go on jokes.com and learn dirty jokes because I wanted to like be in the know. We talk about the patriarchal structures around virginity and dive into some pretty personal stuff. Things get... Really intimate.
0: And I was like, fuck, I'm like single and I don't know what it's like to kiss yeah. a boy, or yeah. like, I don't
2: know any of these things. I had to find
0: a way to like rush my timeline.
2: Did you ever feel like people assumed that you would be more sexually experienced? Yes. Like, my breasts have
0: developed into this since I was 13. I've wow. always been very voluptuous. Yeah. I have to be honest, I wanted to lose my virginity but at the same time I was scared of the pain.
2: We also talk about double standards when it comes to virginity and how that can be damaging as well. And in fact like you know when they hit a certain age they have older men mentors being like let me just get you a girl so that you can get it out of the way. Which is so sad because like that fumbling and discovery and confusion and all that is is intimacy building it's our most listened to episode today so head to two slash episode slash virginity to listen now or find the episode on spotify and itunes
0: our mothers only had had one person their yes. whole life you
2: yep. know what i mean so only one person has entered the chamber exactly and so
0: that's their mm-hmm. that's their story mm-hmm. and that's that's what they know so obviously that's what they think that will
2: bring happiness fulfillment joy completion okay now back to the show
0: Welcome back, Goathees. Did you like Hello. our ad?
2: <laughs> <laughs> me to me to me, you know? <laughs>
0: if you are enjoying our content, if you love the voices of me and Priska, you can yeah. always
2: support us by oh. going to oh. our donation page on our website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so topic two, Rox. What are, we, what are we running
0: into here? Well, here is where we are going to discuss the shift and the change. Because we... At a certain point you are made aware that these patterns need to change, right? Because your external circumstances just aren't shifting. Mm. It's not about what happens to you, right? It's about the changes that you need to make yourself. Yeah. So, my question to you is, like ever since I've I've seen you grown so fucking much and like mm. in the past couple of years, you've become a lot softer. Yeah. A lot more loving. You know, um, when did that first start happening for you?
2: Well, I I feel like probably thirties as well, mm. um, was when I, I think life coaching really helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, because um I think what life coaching helped me do was to name the inner voices in my head. Because before it was just a cacophony of Like criticism, you know, Mm -hmm. it was just ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing um, with no kind of structure uh, with like no real like understandable structure. Mm -hmm. So I feel that having a life coach was really helpful. She helped me to name them. Um, Like, for example, I have a specific like inner critic that I've named the paparazzi, because it seems to be like constantly on watch mm-hmm. and always trying to catch you on the outs or always trying to catch you um, when you're at your lowest or your weakest or your, you know, your, your ugliest bedhead paparazzi. moments. paparazzi. Yeah. And then um, another kind of one of my critics is anxiety driven. So that's mm-hmm. Hank the bird. And he's just constantly <laughs> flapping, you know, and he wants to be. Um, seen and loved and known and recognized, and he's just flapping constantly. Oh, mm. So it, it's like this fluttering in your chest, and yes. it, it, it would motivate me to to do things. And then I I have a very loud kind of like um VR version of my mom, and it's just it's not my mom, <laughs> but it's a it's a VR amalgamation of my mom's voice oh, that's become God. internalized. So there are times I have to recognize that, and then and then kind of the other one's just like basic insecurity you know like when i'm when i'm fearful when i don't like myself um i will attack myself for that it it becomes almost like a white blood cell you know it's like in your own body attacking your own body type of shit you know so um you have
0: multiple personalities inside a little
2: bit and and then all of these are triggered by different things you know what i'm saying like maybe the the inner critic is like when when i'm i'm the paparazzi is when I'm feeling down. The anxiety is when I'm not feeling recognized. My mom is when I, I you know, I, I may not have clarity in where to go in my life. The insecurities may be when I'm on top. You know, when I succeeded, when I get a a raise, when I get a promotion, all of a sudden the insecurity kicks in. Right. So all of these have different triggers. And I think for me, naming them, knowing them has helped me because recognition is the first battle. Right. And then being able to then head it off, recognize it and choose to either ignore it or to silence it. Uh, is the next step. Right. So I think that was enormously helpful to me.
0: I cannot move past just like this 3D holographic image of Michelle Liang version (laughs) 2.0.
2: With the bangs, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Roxy. Roxy! I know. Oh, man, How that's... about you? Like, what What were things that kind <laughs> of helped you recognize your inner voice? Because it sounds like you didn't have a very... You had the volume turned really low. I was... I was just...
0: Um, I don't know, like a like like a Ferrero Rocher, you know, it's mm-hmm. like I had a lot of good yummy chocolate on the outside and inside is just this styrofoamy emptiness. <laughs> you know, poor I excuse know. for like I don't know,
2: filling. Um but I feel like you're also underestimating yourself. Probably. Because obviously you had so much there, but I just I get the feeling that you weren't tuned into that radiation. Not station. at all. I was not yeah.
0: tuned in at all. I was way off. And ironically Mm
2: -hmm. now
0: it's like you know you had that very prominent loud booming voice yeah but it was more so really intense and critical mine is also a loud booming voice now it's just one voice huh and um but she is like the most compassionate like like wonderful person and Hopefully That's people so don't nice. misunderstand this. People, hopefully people don't misunderstand this and and think of it as coming from an egoic place. But it's like I think that this is like okay. Priscilla had a very like logical process way right through her life coach to identify these voices. Mine is a very spiritual approach, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think it's like over these past couple of years in my twenties, like I f- one thing that I felt great pride on was making a really close group of friends Mm. and one thing that I know about myself is I am a great friend Mm -hmm. and I will show up for who I love Mm
1: -hmm. no matter
0: what and I'm like if I can show up for these people and love them in such ways that are so grand why Mm -hmm. can't I do it to myself so I created my own version of the best friend Roxy
2: Wow! Yeah, Con- again, you did this consciously yeah. the way you did on your plane ride from the Netherlands to yeah. New <laughs> yes. Jersey. You did this very consciously. Very and
0: consciously. Then- it's like it's like for example, it's if I like wake up in the morning and I'm like, I don't deserve to eat breakfast. Like if I wake mm-hmm. up, you know, in the morning when I lived with Rochelle and like she, you know, she's gonna, she's hungry, she wants to eat. Like I'm gonna make food for her.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. why can't I yeah, make yeah, food yeah, yeah. for
0: myself? You know, it's yeah. like. Like, all these things where it's like, oh, like, or like, I, don't worry about me. Yeah,
2: I don't count. I don't you know? count. And don't, it's like,
0: yeah. it's like, I just keep thinking about you eating a piece of toast when you're such a big foodie. You know, it's like these moments <laughs> when I'm just like, hold up. I'm a great friend. Don't I also deserve Roxy as a BFF? I
2: actually love this perspective because uh, like go goatees like right into us uh hello at two dot goats.com if this is like ringing something in you because like ringing a bell or opening something within you because that's that's like that is where i feel like we all are striving to be <laughs> but not somewhere that i feel is a destination i'm ever going to be at as much as I try, you know, and I, like I think that's really beautiful. You're such an amazing friend,
0: Priscilla, and you're such an amazing partner. And like you show up for like you are my mirror. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like I feel like we feed into each other so many positive, nourishing, wonderful things that make us better as people. And I'm just mm. like, don't you also deserve yourself as your own I best love- friend? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Priscilla's always that. my hype woman. You have always hyped <laughs> me up, you know, and it's like why? And like, I always will yeah (laughs) and I'm like but sometimes when I'm when I'm not around you know like or Abe's not around like don't you deserve that to yourself you know like
2: yeah and I think that's that's one of the benefits right now of being alone and being separated from Abe. Mm -hmm. And I was like thinking about it and it's like the first time in my life that I can just enjoy being alone. Cause when I was in my early twenties, being alone was terrifying. It was terrifying. And I was like, I'm never going to find love. No one's ever going to love me. Every moment spent alone was like this gaping pain in my heart, you know, Mm -hmm. this constant, like, desire and my inner voice was constantly telling me like you're unlovable you're unlovable you're unlovable you know um and so right now is the first time in my life rocks that i've been alone and i've been totally satisfied yeah and i'm slowly trying to be kinder to myself and take myself on dates like we talked about last week and just kind of like make room and time for myself and i think your perspective of like I deserve me as a best friend. I, I really want to th- think on that and, and sit with it because that is the next frontier, I feel like.
0: Yeah. And it's like, look. It doesn't fix everything, right? Like we still have negative thoughts, we still have anxiety, we still have the, you know, the the excess of darkness at night where our brain yeah. goes a little crazy and our monkey brain tells us that everything is out to get us. Like, yes. look that that doesn't, you know. Sometimes my best friend comes out and I'm just like, well, I also see that this could be a problem too. You know, like, yes, it's absolutely. It's, it's just like our brains are so crazy, but it's. I think like once I started seeing th- myself like you know, it's so easy for me to look at somebody and connect with them the same way that you do and Mm -hmm. with, like, warmness and openness. And, like, I feel like the more that you practice that, the more that it innately becomes who you are.
2: It's true. It's true. And, okay, so I I find it so interesting. I feel like, actually, we came from such different directions on this topic completely (laughs) unwittingly. I didn't even
0: expect that. I know.
2: Because, okay, because question for you is, like, now that you've been implementing this voice and Mm -hmm. it's gone from like a practice to a reality of telling yourself you love yourself to really loving Mm -hmm. and being compassionate to yourself what Mm -hmm. have you noticed has changed in your environment and in your body I fucking love this question I live for this (laughs)
0: question because babe now is the actual fucking proof Mm, mm, You know, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the outside in doesn't work. It has to start from the inside out. So it's like I've been seeing like the kinder I am to myself, the gentler I am to myself, like the kinder my loved ones are to me Mm -hmm. and the more grace my environment shows me. Gotcha. And I feel like when I was really intense, when I was younger, everything felt like a battle.
1: Mm. Everything felt
0: like a really hard struggle. Like everything was against me
2: because you weren't in tune with what you actually wanted you were in tune with what other people wanted for you yeah and and you just felt this kind of amalgamation of pressures yeah it was just constantly like
0: every morning it's like you're 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 at the you know you're off to the races every day you're like get Mm -hmm. ready set go and Mm -hmm. everything felt like it was positioned against you because everything was a competition when i was younger Mm -hmm. right um, like, fascinating. Yeah, it's crazy. And then now it's like, um, I mean, there's always a boundary, right? Like, again, we were talking about accountability in the previous episode. It's like meeting the yeah. fine line of softness and accountability. It's like be gentle with yourself, but also hold yourself accountable for yeah. what you want in life, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Because I think for me, the process was mm-hmm. maybe learning to quiet my inner voice. Was jam packed with my critics. Yes. and now I'm like learning to ignore um ignore what doesn't serve me mm-hmm. and the the actually the quieter my critic is the more I can like see myself for who I really am yeah um, and that includes like you're saying positive and negative things mm-hmm. but when I'm letting the critic drive what my um what my in my deficiencies are when I'm letting the critic, point out my deficiencies it actually creates this like lack structure it creates this like anxiety structure around that deficiency and it actually doesn't bring any improvement it just creates fear and a a mental block against it you know yes totally I, i feel like Instead of I feel like you've tuned into your inner voice in a deeper way because your inner voice is actually very compassionate to yourself and actually very loving of yourself. Yeah. Um, Well, I've had to tune mine out a bit so that I can tune into this a new tune into and develop, actually, because I don't know that it's innate in me to develop this or to re find that childlike. Love for myself, that childlike mm. confidence that I had growing up mm-hmm. um to recommence that station, you know, and um, it's it, it's it's been a really great softening journey. And I feel that you've probably noticed it in me the most. Yes. You, maybe you and Rose. Yeah, because I remember you used to be so frustrated at how. <laughs> Shitty, I was to myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like, even though I have a lot to work on and a lot to improve on that front, I I don't feel like I come across that way anymore. Do you practice affirmations? I do. I do in my own way. I don't like look in the mirror and like stuff like that it doesn't necessarily work for me. Right. But I'm I I when I'm shitty to myself, I'll take a beat and I'll be like, "You're doing okay." yeah
0: good you're doing okay like i'm trying to
2: like you're saying like retrain that because it is habitual and cyclical yes so so that is really like helpful so do you have a negative like okay you're saying like sometimes we fall into our monkey brain and whatnot what are some of these things that you'll say to yourself that you have to catch and kind of head off
0: well sometimes you know um like, for example, this past class, I was really strict with my students. Like, I almost mm-hmm. felt like I went a little bit too overboard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I talked it through and I was like, why did I come out that way? And it's because a lot of them were fucking late to my class and I have, I have zero tolerance about that uh-huh. stuff. Like, I'm like, I'm not starting 15 minutes after my start time. But yeah. also, it's like, you know these these are still to me they're still kids you know they're still learning how to communicate so it's like there was another three-hour class before my three-hour class and it's like right smack in the dinner time so they were going to the cafeteria to grab something to eat right but no one told me that so like everyone was late 10 minutes to 15 minutes and it's unacceptable you know so I was really shitty not really shitty but I was especially more strict and firm throughout the whole class because you felt insecure not insecure I was just I felt like I was being disrespected disrespected. I was being disrespected and it's like I would never fucking do that to anybody else Mm -hmm, you know like mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. jaw didn't communicate and he's like two hours late and Mm -hmm. I would just not have I was just like let's let's reschedule because nobody in my life operates that way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of my friends all my close girlfriends if we're running late we communicate Mm
1: -hmm. you know what
0: I mean so for me no it's not insecurity it's setting a standard and it's like and then I had to talk it through because I started beating myself up for being too harsh.
2: Mm, oh, I see. You know I what see, I'm saying? I see. That's and then what
0: you were. Yeah, I was. I was. I was like, "What's this high You know, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I talked it over with my mom, and I started like speaking out. You know, I, I talked it out a little bit more, and you know, Jaws like maybe you are a little bit too harsh. You know, like you didn't think about these things, and I'm like, okay, well now that I'm thinking about it, I need to be accountable for it. Yep. You know, so again, it's like previous version of Roxy would have mm-hmm. took taken the whip. Yeah. And gave myself fifty lashes. Yes. Beat but, yourself the fuck up. Exactly. But now yeah. I am now Professor Roxy to myself and I'm just like, look, listen. Yeah. It's like this happened because you know this, but you also didn't know this, and that's why you acted this way. So how yeah. about you make up for it?
2: Yeah. And then that'll be that. Right. That that, that, that that's very Like non-emotional, the solution is non-emotional now, you know, and it's not feeding your insecurities, it's not feeding your desire to be loved, you know, it's not, you know, and I think that's, that's the cycle we were in before, Mm -hmm. and it's like we were talking about at the top of the show, when you cut off your when you cut yourself off from like sugar or starches or whatever, yeah. your body craves it. And yeah. then you get stuck in that ongoing cycle of wanting something that's kind of like empty calories. That's not actually good for you. Right. But you're you're accustomed to it. You're you're attuned to it. Yes. And, And you have a craving for it. And you have to be the one to kind of break that cycle.
0: Totally. It's like unlearning is the point of growth, right? And um, it's just emotions are not a bad thing. I think emotions are feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when you're, when you're, when I'm getting mad at, oh my God. So you know how, I don't know if you've ever seen, you've seen your mom cry once, but like um, I was talking to a couple of my Asian American friends and about their parents and I say do your parents just like cry out of nowhere and not Mm -hmm. know why
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then they're like yeah like sometimes mm-hmm. they'll just start crying because they haven't processed grief, but they don't know what their emotion
2: is. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what no, I'm no, saying? No, definitely.
0: Jaw had a, he, you know, he was, he he gave me a definite, I don't, I don't remember, but he was just like, that's tra- trauma stored up in your nervous system. So your mm-hmm. body's trying to let it out. It's just all of a sudden, no reason. You just like start crying. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So after thinking about that, like that's how I used to process it because that's how my parents would process, you yeah. know, or not process their emotions at all. And now I'm thinking about a way of how to honor my emotions by saying I hear you Mm -hmm. there's a reason for why you're feeling this way Mm -hmm. but how do we make sure we yeah it's like to not to feel the emotion but not to be consumed by it
2: Mm. I love that I really love that and I think something Abe always reminds me too is like uh you know I'll start beating myself up I'll start like Mm -hmm. talking negatively and he'll Mm -hmm. be like are you trying to be perfect? Because no one can be perfect, but you're doing great. You know what I mean? Right. He's like, well, then if you did all that, then you'd be perfect. You know what I mean? And it kind of like puts it in perspective, like, oh, yeah, like I'm human. I'm this for me. I think a lot of that insecurity also is is tied up with pride. Yes. And and so I think that's why I'm so insecure and so harsh on myself, because I do have a lot of expectations for myself and like a lot of pride in who I want to come off as but I'm learning to let go of that and that's helping me soften up and as I get older
0: so I want to have I want to ask you a question okay yes so most important thing is after all of this change um do you find yourself happier now than you were before
2: I am happier and I think the I mean the most market change is you know enjoying to enjoying being by myself but also like I love being who I am now in the world like yes! I'm a fucking delight you yes, know you are, honey. <laughs> like I love going around and meeting people I love like entering any room and feeling so confident and so calm and so centered so that I can make other people feel calm and centered and themselves yeah. you know and honored in being themselves and it's like the opposite I think of how what I used to do was like look at me look at me no you're gonna like me no i promise you're gonna like me same 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 yeah and what can i do am i a headstand a handstand (laughs) i just flipped i flipped three times did you notice i don't know
0: you and i have been performers since we were babies yes you know yeah (laughs) and
2: now i'm just like hey this is who exactly who i am I'm not worried about embarrassing myself. So you don't need to be worried about embarrassing yourself. You can like wave your freak flag as much as you need to, you know, when, you know, and uh, I, I love that. I love being myself in the world and it's great. And even over the past couple of weeks, I've been traveling. Yeah. And like, I went to all these places solo and I'm just chatting people up and meeting people and like, I'm noticing that just me being myself is the thing that is attractive and magnetic and it's lovely
0: yes. i'm like are you just noticing this now because everyone has known oh. this about you but it's like time that you that you feel it for yourself yeah. you know what i mean like that solo time with bestie Prisca. Yes,
2: she's she's she planned some crazy things for me, let me tell you. She's awesome. <laughs> She's fucking right. So, okay, as we close out this, like, episode, like, I feel like uh, I took a big shit. Like, you know, in the last episode, you're like, I shat.
0: I feel like this was really, <laughs> really, this was really amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I was really shocked by... How our conversation, like you know, what developed so out unexpected. of this conversation because it wasn't what a, uh, so yeah. unexpected. So you guys, you know, like have conversations with your yeah, vessels, like especially about this because you never know where it's gonna go. How revelatory!
2: I, know. I feel like right before we go, let's say, like Roxy, what are your three and go tease. I want you to do this homework. What are your three yes. favorite things about you right now?
0: Eee, this is such a great prompt. <laughs> ah, give it up I, to Friska for all the icebreakers, <laughs> like every I, single party. That. She's she's <laughs> the one, you know, doing like uh, we we are not strangers, you know, like. But you don't even need to buy it. You just talk to Priscilla. <laughs> the the three things I love about myself mm-hmm. right now. Um. You know it's so funny because earlier I was like, yeah, I just I just think I'm really fucking great, and now I'm like trying to think of the three things, and I'm like, specifics. Oh, um, <laughs> specifics. Okay. Um. And you know this this is also going to be a question that applies to you uh-huh. right after I'm this. I'm ready. So. I'm ready. Yeah, I got a. You already. <laughs> no, oh, you don't, don't, wait. Go. Why don't you go first? You I go, go first. Like, I don't know. Yeah, okay, you bye. go first. Yeah, you go first. No, no, I go first. Okay. Um. That I I am one thing that I love. This is probably the strongest. Thing and the best thing I love about myself mm-hmm. right now is that I know that I have the wisdom and resilience to encounter any obstacle, mm. you yeah. know. Um, that I can handle mm. it like no matter what life throws at me, that I have a firm foundation in myself to encounter whatever change is going to happen. I love that. Um, number two, what I love about myself is, um, that. Oh gosh. I show up in the world no freely giving knowing that I'm going to get that same amount mm-hmm. back. You know, it's like what I give is what I mm-hmm. receive. Reciprocity is a really mm-hmm. big thing for me. And um everything that I'm doing is very aligned mm-hmm. right now. So it's like the podcast, you know, teaching, filmmaking, being a tarot reader, like all of this is the same Mm. thing and it's all me. And I never could have imagined I would have like found this for myself if it wasn't for allowing my inner voice to speak and like giving her a true seat at the table, Wow, you know, near the front. Yeah, I love that. Number three is... um, I love the way that I treat myself mm. now. Like, I treat myself like the lover I want. I treat myself like the partner I want. I treat myself like the best friend, like the sister mm. that I want. And um that being said, it's like very few things disappoint mm. me, you know, because now when they do, I realize that it's not about mm. me you know, because I'm accountable for myself and how I show up in the world and how I treat myself. And Shit. once I have that, it's like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like everything just suddenly becomes not so heavy. Yeah. Like, Because it's not your burden. Everything feels a lot lighter. It's not my burden anymore. Yeah. And I feel a lot gentler with myself. And I'm so much happier mm. now. Like, it's real, you guys. Like, I, when we were younger, we didn't understand this. But... It's real, you know?
2: Yeah, it is. And, you know, Abe always said... Abe has always been saying to me since we met, he's like, we all meet in the middle. And... I I believe that, like no matter because we you and I, we came from such like opposite ends of the spectrum. But we ended up in a very similar space, yes, you know. Yes. Yes. We just and they even say this about like, uh, you know, I I know like a lot of people consider Myers-Briggs and personality tests in general to be kind of pretty bunk. But what they say is like generally whatever letter you are, you move closer to the center. You know, and I believe that, like extrovert introvert, most people move towards the center as they get older. We balance ourselves out, yes, eventually, exactly, exactly. Because the older you get, the more experiences you have, the the more you just find yourself coming towards the center. Um, I love yeah. that. Your turn. Oh, my turn. Um Yeah, baby. So for me, I think. I really love my curiosity because it makes it mm-hmm. so that one, I'm never bored and two, yeah. I'm genuinely interested in what people have to say. And I yes. get to learn a little bit about so much just by like being curious about people and asking them questions. Yes. Yeah. I love that side of myself. And I'm, I, I feel like it lends itself to always learning and always growing and always bettering, you know?
0: Always a student of life, right? Yes yeah I love that, and
2: like I you know, I notice the effect it has on people when like you just ask them a question, <laughs> you know what I'm saying it it can change mm-hmm. someone's day and it can change their experience and I'm not doing it to change their day, but I'm just noticing like it's something I genuinely want to ask and and right. learn about, and then right. when someone when you watch someone unfold like a flower. It's so awesome. Mm. You know what I mean? So I, I love that. I love those experiences. I live for them. Yes. Um, I like my, I like that. I appreciate that my anxiety has allowed me to be a really attentive friend and partner because I shit on okay. my anxiety so much and it does affect me a lot and it is frustrating, but it helps me to, um, Kind of have the foresight to plan things for my friends and for my partner and for my families, uh, for my family. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's like
0: we're always bashing yeah. on our the sides that we're most critical of, but that are there. You know, we should also give them love yeah. as well for protecting yeah, us. Yeah, it
2: does. Like I'm like, yeah. okay, my anxiety is driving me like, well, what if it rains today? Okay, let me make sure I have this. Well, what if someone gets a cut? Well, let me make sure I have a first aid kit. Well, what if you yeah. know? So all these anxieties. So oh, what if like the the reservation system goes down? Down, well, let me have a backup restaurant. Like, but it makes right, it. Right. So even though it can be a little hard to live in my head sometimes, it makes it so like if I'm planning an event, I think through things that maybe not everyone's thinking through. Like, uh, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's
0: also a strength. Total. It's like yin and yang. It's like the balance of the light and dark, yes. you know? Yeah. Like it's it's only when your anxiety consumes you uh, that, that, it's negative. that it, it could be a little crazy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, I love yeah. that. And then I... um. I really like that I can approach life with a lot of candor and a good sense of humor. Yes. Because so, the more comfortable I am with myself, the less I have to hide. And the less yeah. I have to hide, the more I can be like effortlessly present. And even hard things and dark things um, don't have to weigh as hard or as dark because You're approaching it as just a human, you know, and I'm not trying to put on airs or anything. I'm just able to approach people and friends and my community exactly as I am.
0: You know, that's so beautiful because it's like that really just struck me, Priscilla, because showing up as yourself, right? Mm. It's like previous Roxy was a mirror to the world, but then showing up as myself, everyone becomes my mirror.
2: Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, right? Yeah. People
0: show reflect back what you give out.
2: Yeah. And like you said about reciprocity. It it yes. happens. You trust it. You trust it. Yes. You're giving and you're just trusting. Like, you know, you're not trying to grip on. You're not like trying to, you know, make sure you get something in return. You're just like, all right, I trust that you're this just energy will go. come back. Oh, God, that is
0: so beautiful. Oh, my God. But like, I know we're sort of running low on time because we could talk about this forever. forever. And we go tease. Like, yes. feel free to write to us. Yes. Like, this is such an amazing topic. We've learned so much about each other today. Yeah. But let us know your thoughts on if you have softened as you've gotten older. Uh-huh. If you feel like you're really hard on yourself. Like, if that's something that you're struggling with right mm. now. Like, write to us, let us know or share with us a voice memo and we'll share it with
2: the podcast. 100%. And no. we are so glad to be back and um, this is episode two and next week we're going to be playing a game called We Are Not Really Strangers and we encourage you to play along while we play. So that will be yeah, a fun be thing so to much look fun. forward to. But, <laughs> but until then, do you hear that, Rox? Is oh it, my
0: god, the train is coming towards oh us. It's getting louder.
2: and louder. <laughs> Unsolicited <laughs> picks <laughs> <laughs> unsolicited fucking picks Here we go
0: All right, tell me, give it to me, okay, your picks of the week,
2: okay, so I just went on a reverse bachelorette for my best friend, Sonia. Um, she, she a reverse bachelorette? It's like they got married, but it was like a COVID oh, wedding. So oh, we oh, mm, went on like a... Mm-hmm. And then the, her other BFF from childhood also got married during the pandemic. So we kind of did oh. like their combined bachelorette. It was oh, really wow. fun because all the, the three of them had grown up together. Yeah. And... Um, You know, I was kind of like just watching. Like, I wonder if people watch, like, listen to our pod like that. Like I was watching their friendship dynamic. You know what I mean? Almost (laughs) like a voyeur. It was kind of voyeuristic (laughs) and all that. But we went to, and Roxy, I want to take you so badly because our girls would fucking love this place. Two Bunch Palms in Palm Springs, which is the Mineral Hot Spring Resort. (gasps) So instead of yeah So instead of sulfur, their water is high in lithium, which apparently has some like mood boosting effects. What? Apparently. But it's like they've got this uh uh, like underground springs and they have private tubs and then they have something called the grotto. They have a full resort and spa, um they have a restaurant that's great, the staff was incredible. It's like catered towards millennials. It's like water for millennials. Yeah.
0: I want this so badly it's my body great. aches for it
2: yeah every what's every it's interesting because when you're there whilst you're there you're not like really talking to a concierge you're talking to you text them and they make it happen so yeah. you're like hey i need like maybe some cups by whatever and they'll literally like bring it to your room you just text them oh so my god literally i don't to talk to anybody yeah. i fucking love that yeah, no so confrontations. Amazing. We're going there for sure. And then during the week, they have like better rates in case you guys are curious. It's like four or yeah. five hundred during the week and then like six, seven hundred on the weekends, depending.
0: Oh, man. So it's
2: not cheap, but it's it's a good experience. And mm-hmm. only guests get to use their Facilities. So you kind of have that benefit of, oh, you know, oh, I
0: like that exclusivity. It also yeah. makes it so that it's not swarming with people. Yes,
2: exactly. Cause it could, de- like, Ace Hotel in the summer in Palm Springs is swarming with people as yes. like, well. It's disgusting. Oh,
0: yeah, totally. Um, it's
2: like Vegas and you're like, what the fuck, you know?
0: Oh, my God. And it's
2: also adult only. So love, love. Oh, my God. Yes. I know. Okay. We are Highly going. Recommend. I don't okay, care. We're going. We're okay. Going. Actually, like, let's get off right now and go. <laughs> um, and then my second pick is Kinfolk. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a cocktail lounge and liquor library that I stumbled across in Austin. Ooh. If you guys are going to Texas, I highly recommend. I went by myself and sat at their like little communal table in their library, all uh-huh. surrounded by liquor. <gasps> uh, it was oh, I just licked my mic. Um, and <laughs> uh, and I met like so they they had multiple seatings throughout the night, but I kind of sat yeah. there for a good long time because I was by myself, yeah. and yes. I met so many people and chatted with so many people and had the best night and. I love Love that. It's, yes, it's beautiful inside. It's kind of a speakeasy. It's subterranean. It's really gorgeous. And the um, server there was the most knowledgeable, had been a sommelier for like 20 years, um, had worked in like liquor for like 20, had like a storied career. Um, and basically, the idea of this cocktail lounge is knowing the lineage of all these cocktail drinks. So now I think there's like however thousands of cataloged cocktails, but they all start from these very specific drinks and they've they've you know been recombined and combined and like invented upon and iterated on etc to become this second level tier of cocktails like uh, like so like the martinez is the predecessor of the martini right so you know what i'm saying and then now you have all these modern iterations of a martini uh that the the lineage is so fascinating to go back up and find
0: you're literally existing in a liquor encyclopedia yes. with your sommelier and yes. like with the environment you're in. That's amazing.
2: Exactly. And it's an aesthetic. So you need reservations, make a reservation if you're in Whoa. Austin, I highly recommend.
0: Oh cool.
2: Oh my god. So we would have great loved ones.
0: It. Uh, yeah. Such great ones. Okay, my picks of the week. Um yeah. so I'm really into accountability recently, as y'all know. So Atomic Habits by James Clear Love. is a fucking amazing book. Like, seriously you guys, if you're thinking about like Brayton breaking certain bad habits, you know, quitting drinking, quitting smoking, mm. whatever it is, and developing good ones. Um, this book has been so instrumental in really identifying what creates these patterns that you have wow. and how to renavigate your mindset and um, attach your dopamine to certain things that you think are hard and also identity shifts. So Sick. I... Really, you know, I think I'm halfway through the book. I've been recommending it to everybody. Um, just, I just think it's so, so... Like, Prisca, I think you should read this book. It's okay. just amazing. I've been learning so many things. And then, of course, like, HBO Max has uh, The Last of Us out. I don't know. If, I haven't uh, seen it yet. Oh I'm so God, excited. Oh, my God, so good. Do you and play Syndrome the game? Has, I don't play the game. So, uh, originally, like, when I saw the first episode, I was like, I've seen the storyline before. Okay, okay. But then things happen okay okay things happen let's all go watch it this last episode episode three those of you who know know like (laughs) (laughs) probably one of the best tv episodes i've ever fucking seen that's amazing ever and it's um it's just the best like my heart just exploded it's just so fucking good so
2: go watch it prisca go watch it okay okay i'm so stoked on that
0: (laughs) yes 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 yes,
2: okay Um, well, well, this has been such a fun fucking episode, Rox.
0: I know. I always have a fun episode with you, though. I feel like we always go somewhere we don't
2: expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, it's always like a cool VR journey together. <laughs> and sometimes Michelle Liang shows up, which is cool. She's, cool. <laughs> She's fun. She's fun to travel with. She likes that. to treat herself. Um, but you know, until next time, have a horny week. Our lovely goatees. And remember, stay, stay horny. No. This podcast is hosted by Roxy and Prisca. Music by Abraham Kim. Artwork by Connie Yen. Incidental music by Dan, aka Dan. Please visit us at TwoHornyGoats.com.
0: Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at hello at TwoHornyGoats.com.
1: Okay, okay bye. bye. <laughs>